Blog Talk Radio.
he's a great player, and it's a, it's a shame for New Orleans. It really is. And even the NBA, and he was an all-star, so maybe those all-star snubs like Lou Williams also dropped 40 last night. Maybe he gets in now. Well, and you uh, wonder how is this going to affect his contract? Probably not with the money he makes, but uh, going into next season coming off of this injury, um, you know, a big guy like that, this is something that can really linger. Absolutely. You see it all the time. I always say I'm worried about those seven-foot Europeans all the time and, and Chris Asperzingas. Any big uh, big man that plays the lay outside like that, uh, you got to be concerned about. And, uh, Mike, I guess it was you that um, called uh, Ennis Cantor a savage today with his tweet. Um, I, I'm assuming it was you. That's a, it was actually, yeah. It was was cool. it really? Okay. I loved it. Are you kidding me? What is this guy doing? <laughs> Trolling players from one bad team to another throwing up the L because you beat the Suns. You know how when, easy it is to beat the Phoenix Suns? When was the last time you had somebody on the Knicks that had fight like that and trash talking like that? And I mean, he sticks up for his teammates. Last night it was him getting involved with Booker, though, and uh, I, I love it, having somebody like that, like a, you know, like a, give you a little fire. I mean, the Knicks have not had somebody like that since who, Charles Oakley. I mean, okay, but retired that's not court, retired. But you got to now take it to Twitter. Once the game's over, isn't the game over? You take care of the business on the court. You got to go out there and tweet stuff. I have no well, problem with it. I really don't. Go start tweeting other NBA. By the way, he'll never have the career Devin Booker has. No, he probably won't. And, uh, you know, that's safe to say. And, uh, you know, he's a, he's a, uh, double double guy. His defense isn't very good. It needs some work, but uh, he's a nice player. And that trade looks great for the Knicks. And uh, you know, we were happy about it when it happened. He looks like he's going to be a building piece if they don't trade him. But I have no issue with him trying to get under the uh, uh, other team's skin, getting under player skin, tweeting like this. No issue whatsoever. And because that's Ennis Kanter and not like Chris Asperzingas, I'm all for that. If Ennis Kanter and Michael Beasley want to run their mouths. Be my guest. That's right. fine, you know? Like, piss off the other team. Get under their skin a little bit. Porzingis, you're the superstar. You got to set the example for your team. You don't do that. But guys like Cantor and Beasley, if they want to run their mouths, I'm all for it. And you've seen Cantor won't back down from even LeBron. He doesn't care who it is. Oh, he's impacted LeBron several times. Right. Let's go. <laughs> and now it's Jared Dudley now going back and forth with him on uh, Twitter. It's just it's just such a different dynamic than anything that we grew up with. You asked when was the last Nick to do this, and you talk about Oakley. But back then, there was no social media. There was right. no internet stuff. I mean, even... Uh, back then when they had, what was it, uh, AOL and all that, you weren't doing that. Nope. So uh, it's, it's just such a, it's different, a different dynamic world. that that's what's going on. But the Knicks, they had three, uh, four wins on the road all year going into the seven-game road trip. They actually did a good job getting three wins. Not I'm, bad. I'm surprised. I'm a little disappointed with the late game. But, um, hey, I didn't see we were going to be Phoenix on back-to-back. Uh, losing the other way. It was going to be a victory. Maybe the evening zone. Get the three wins and they get the Nets for a couple days with the team that's no chance, you know, for uh, eight games right there and just keep themselves, you know, somewhat afloat. Um, it just seems that that's how back. it's going to be, though, Rob. It just seems that they're going to be up and down, up and down, and uh, you know, maybe you're talking a playoff spot and then it's going to collapse. Uh, you know, they're not going to make the playoffs. Hopefully, they don't make the playoffs. You know, we've talked about we want them to have the better lottery pick, but it just seems that they'll have their high games and, and more low games. Yeah, that's just what happens when you have a roster like that, and that's okay. I mean, if you're a Knicks fan, I'm sure you would sign. You know. Show some growth. Show some guys that, you know, have a great future there. And maybe the cancer thing is maybe a leadership type of thing that, you know, keeps this band of guys together. I know Hornacek was saying last night, these guys really love each other. Mm-hmm. I know he gave them this speech about, you know, how, you know, yesterday they had like a meeting, you know. Every NBA team seems to be doing You that. have these yeah. meetings <laughs> when your next two games are against garbage teams. It's going to make you look pretty good. You go out there and you beat the Suns and Nets, you know, assuming they can beat the Nets uh, in a couple of days. Um it, how much did he really fire up a team to beat teams that you should beat? Is he just out there trying to make himself look good? I think it's smart. You know, it was time, uh, you know, you time everything right. Everything is done for a reason. And 
you know, you're not going to pick a, have a meeting before you play the Warriors because you're going to get your asses kicked. So uh, everything is timed, uh, you know, in sports. And I thought it was fine. I thought it was a good choice. And, and listen, I, Vinny and I talked about this the other day. Uh, I think he's done a good job on a second. If you're a Knicks fan, you have to be uh, encouraged. I mean, yeah, this is without Carmelo Anthony, the team looks decent. There's some nice pieces you see in French Frank, uh, you know, grow a little bit. I I'm encouraged as a Knicks fan. I really am. And uh, you know, I didn't expect this to be a good year for them and they've exceeded my expectations and hopefully they can just keep growing with this. And Mike, we were talking about that. We were talking about how the only thing we don't like by one sec is I'm not giving enough minutes to the yes. French, French Frank. Yes. Well, let me tell you something. Trey Burke is earning his spot at the starting point guard. He's had a double double the other night and he's been looking pretty good to be coming out. Now he's getting more minutes. I think he should actually jump to that start spot and get like Frank, the second point guard off the bench and Jack the third. Hmm. Yeah, Trey Burke was with Westchester Knicks just three weeks ago, uh, putting up 20-something points a game. Now he comes up to the NBA, and he's continued his hot shooting, and that's what he is. I mean, he's a shooter. He gets into a rhythm, and now look what he's doing for them. He's, he's kind of giving him a little bit of energy. He's and you don't get many guys that come up from the G League and actually spark a team. But I guess if it's going to, it's going to be one of those lower-end teams like the Knicks because these good teams don't have spot on their roster to get minutes to a guy from the G League. So it's actually a good spot this for guys. somebody that was up. drafted and had talent, and it just didn't work out, so – Listen, the Knicks, uh, you, I, you could call it what it is. They found gold with Michael Beasley so far. Who knows? Maybe they hit it twice with, uh, with Trey Burke. So, uh, you know, you hopefully at the deadline that you move a guy like O'Quinn, they move a guy like Jack, and you're able to get this youth play and get them some more minutes and see what you have and evaluate for next year. And one more thing for me on the NBA. Cavs now still 3-7 three, uh, three their last 10. Uh, everybody's assuming that they're going to pick it up, and it's how I feel about the Penguins in the NHL. I say they're waiting for their time, and, once January, February goes around, they're going to start picking up and roll, and then they're just going to start to snowball into that team that you know that they can be that dominant team. Um, but the more we wait for the Cavs, and they don't have a bad record at 28-19, but the more worried I get that this team may not be able to get there. And then you see Kevin Love yesterday throwing the towel in his teammates' face. Um, is this a team that may be in a little bit of trouble that you'd be worried about, or do you think that this is going to come, that this run's going to come? I think there's a little bit to be worried about. I feel like there's not good team chemistry going on over there, but I still think when the playoffs come, when all is right, it's still you got to beat LeBron James in the seven-game series. I'm starting to give Boston a little more love because let me tell you something. Kyrie Irving wants to beat LeBron James. He's left there because of LeBron. No one knows what LeBron's doing in his future. Kevin Love got accused for leaving a game with a sick, he was sickness, and everyone questioned him that he was actually sick for leaving the game. And there's a lot going on there in Cleveland, I, but I still think LeBron can get everyone's heads on right for the playoffs, but I am giving Boston a lot more love instead of that cakewalk I've been saying the Cavs are going to have all season long. Yeah, I'm just worried that, that might we might be robbed of that awesome, you know, classic series if Cleveland can't keep up their end of the bargain. Like, that's what you kind of look forward to all year, and it might be, you know, somebody like Toronto that takes that spot. Good, I want to be robbed. I don't want to see the Cavaliers in the finals again. I don't want to see the same finals for the fourth year in a row. I'm, I don't want to see it. I'm tired of LeBron's cakewalk. Let's get that East good. If he's going to leave the East, it actually opens up the door for the Knicks. With Noah's contract uh, leaving, maybe they could finally draw somebody to come over there. It all matters what LeBron does. He controls the NBA, whether you like him or not. It's just a fact. He controls everything. Um, but let's see what's going to happen. I mean, I, I really respect Kyrie leaving. I know it's not – he didn't really leave the most professional way, but him leaving made it a lot more interesting. Yeah, I, I agree, Vinny. And, um, I mean, the only other thing you could add is uh, since Isaiah Thomas has returned, it really hasn't been good for them. And they there's been talk this week of – well, we can't move him because we don't know what LeBron's doing. We have to keep him here. And then there was other talk of, hey, maybe we can work a deal and get Kemba Walker in and, and move Isaiah Thomas. So there's clearly issues there, like you said. Supposedly Isaiah Thomas even led the charge with the Kevin Love sickness thing uh, and went into the team meeting. So 
I mean, there's just a hell of a lot of drama there. But like you said, to beat LeBron in a seven-game series, that means you've got to be perfect four times and LeBron not four times. And it's just the odds are against you. Yeah, so we're going to have to see how that goes going on. The trade deadline might be interesting this year. Uh, but, you know, the big story, like we said, with the Cousins injury, that's the big story of the week. That's why we opened the show with it. You lose these guys, it's bad for the league, it's bad for the playoffs. Um, it would have been nice to see them in the Western Conference, see what they could do. So a tough loss there. Uh, we'll continue to monitor that, see if they can do anything uh, to compete. I doubt that they will. But um, moving on, a couple of baseball things we want to get out of the way. Don't forget, in about 15 minutes or so, Ashley Massaro, a former WWE star, Survivor contestant, Playboy uh, cover girl, will be joining us on Over the Top Sports Radio. So we'll be talking to her in about 15 minutes or so. But uh, the baseball, we've been monitoring this all year. We've been talking about the Yellick thing. Um, I held out a lot of hope that the Braves could get him without, including Acuna. Uh, that didn't happen. He goes to the Brewers, Mike. You know more than anybody I know about young prospects. Uh, did the Brewers get a good deal here, and did the Marlins get a good return for Yellick? I think both teams got a great deal, Rob. I really do. So Christian Yellick goes to the Brewers. The Brewers have a nice team, up-and-coming uh, pitching over there also. Uh, Yellick is going to fit in perfect. They traded away Lewis Brinson, who was a part of the Lucroy trade uh, heading to Texas. They, got, um, they traded away this kid, Diaz, who uh, was involved in a trade with Arizona, who's considered a top prospect for them, uh, Harrison, and a pitcher. Three of those players were in the Brewers' top ten. Um, so a nice return for Miami, finally. Um, the other rumor that I had heard also this week was that Yellick almost went to the Toronto Blue Jays and uh, Toronto was had to give up Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And they said, no, we're not going to do that. So this week, MLB Pipeline came out uh, with all their grades for the prospects and Vlad Guerrero Jr. actually graded as an 80 for hitting. Uh, an 80 has never been given out before for just hitting wise. For power, sure, Harper got it, not just in uh, pure hitting for contact. So they actually project Vlad Guerrero Jr., to be a 320 hitter with 35 home runs easily, wow. which projects to be a one or two best player in the league. So obviously that's why Toronto uh, balked at that and, uh, and said no. Um, I think Miami did get a good return, though. Uh, they're also trying to trail Real Muto, trade Real Muto, and um, they, Washington's supposed to be very involved with that. Washington, though, doesn't want to part with their top prospect, Victor Robles, an outfielder, and that is the only player Miami said they're interested in. Otherwise, there will not be a deal for him. Can you give me those stats again on what they projected for Guerrero to be? Yeah, so he projected out to be a 80, um, you know, on their grade. It goes 80 is the highest, and it had never been given out before as a contact hitter for just pure hitting. He got it. He's the first one ever. They project that to be a 320 hitter. His power was a 70 which breaks down to 30 to 35 home runs. Just to give you guys a better, uh, you know, breakdown of that, Mike Trout was a 70 hit, so he projects to be a better contact hitter than Mike Trout, and Trout's power was 65. Harper broke down to a 60 hit with an 80 power. So he projects to have more contact ability than Trout and the same power as Bryce Harper. So if you had a 320 average, just say 318 average, and 34 home runs at your 162 game average, you know who you have? His father. His father, yep. exactly what his father had. And his father, a big week this week, uh, MLB, uh, or baseball Hall of Fame. It's not MLB. It's the Baseball Hall of Fame induction. Um, and he's going to go in, uh, interesting enough, as an angel. Um, thoughts on that? Um, I thought maybe as an expo, kind of, you know, he's one of the great expos. They're not around. It would have been a nice homage. He had his best years, I think, in his career as an expo. It's just a little weird to me that he's going in as an angel. He spent the same amount of time there. 
I would have liked it as an expo just because, you know, the, the expos it's got, they're gone. Um, just, uh, you know, like that, that memory that will always be there of the expos, but listen, he got the choice and, you know, he chose angels. He thought that was a better time for his career. And, you know, when you become a hall of famer with that whole stupid process, you've earned that right in my eyes to pick where, uh, what hat you want to wear. I would have liked to see him as an expo as well. He did win an MVP <laughs> with the angels in his first year over there. Uh, the angels never had a hall of famer ever represented. And now Vladimir Gross, maybe, yeah, maybe that didn't mean something to him that the expos actually have some hall of famers over there. They've had some great players, but that means the Montreal Expos are officially dead. There is no more. We can never bring the Expos back unless we literally have an expansion in the MLP and bring them back. Uh, the Expos are no more. This is the last shot of their relevance, and it's, it's over We well, can't say never because the XFL came back this week. So <laughs> it's, it's the XFL. <laughs> if the XFL came back, maybe the Expos can come back as well. Um, but just the other thing, though, is he could have been the last Expo Hall of Famer. So it was the right. first angel. Right. Or the last expo. He went with the, the first angel. I guess that's something that's special to him, too. Uh, before you move on, Rob, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., with the way that we think the Blue Jays are going to be this year, do we see him up this no. year? No, Not he all. is Too young? He is at least this season away, maybe uh, half into next year. All right, let's so, reverse it around. What if the Blue Jays are better than we expected there in the playoff race? This I think month? he's only 19. He's not coming up this year. No well, way. We've seen people come up. Rob's seen Andrew Jones come up. And he'll season. probably see Akuna come up this year uh, at some point, maybe even start yeah, the season. This guy's not good. 80, that's an interesting thought. I didn't know that, Mike. That was really interesting that you pointed that out. And that's making me believe him. Maybe if the Blue Jays are actually in it or something, maybe they do bring this guy up. But it's also, possible. Where is he going to play with Donaldson there, Vinny? That's so, true. But you, could, you see people get moved around all you the do. time. You, you do. do. But this guy is the bona fide future third baseman of the Blue And Bay. we all agree, they don't want to touch they're not going anywhere. Yeah, so. <laughs> I, 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 don't think it, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't see it happening. But it's just interesting that yep. maybe really hyped up for Vlad. Uh, and we talked about it the other day when you brought up the top prospects, how Acuna was one, Otani was two, and Guerrero was three. We had no idea that he was going to rank like he did, which, I mean, you know, looking at that now, I mean, there he will be the top prospect at some point this year or next year when Acuna's up and Otani's up. We'll have to see. I gotta check out what Acuna ranks in those hitting, uh, like you said too. And speaking of Bryce Harper, I saw him in Vegas at the uh, the Islanders Vegas Golden Knights game the other day, hanging out in Alex Tuck's jersey, hanging out, just sitting there in the regular seat, top of a section, two seats by himself. Only two people recognize this guy. Uh, I have a Harper question for you guys. Sure. I'd like to get your take. How many times has Bryce Harper hit 30 home runs in his career? Once. How many seasons has he played? Five now? Uh, yeah, about. Five seasons? I mean, I'm going to go probably – I don't think you're going to ask this because it's five. So it's probably once or, or twice. Sure. How many times has he gone over 100 RBIs? i say twice. maybe one. He's hit thirty home over 30 home runs once, and he's had over 100 RBIs. Never. Wow. Never. And a lot of Yankee fans want this guy. I'm very on the edge with Bryce Harper, man. I don't like his attitude. Uh, I don't think he brings a good uh, clubhouse presence. I think he's more about himself than anything else. And you know what, for the hype this guy's supposed to be, I'm not saying he's a bad player whatsoever, but for the hype this guy had, he was one of the most hype prospects we've ever seen. He's not even the best uh, rookie in his draft class, and that was Mike Trout, a, a humble guy. Unfortunately, an Eagles fan, but <laughs> um, my, I'm not on completely on that Bryce train, but I mean, he's still got so much so much MLB ahead of him. He's only been the, what, what is he, 24, 25 still? He's, yeah, I mean, you know, he's still very young. He came off when he was 19. But he does have a ferocious swing, though. He has won an MVP. Yes, he um, has. He's hit 42 home runs in the one season. Yep. Uh, 42-99. So he, he did come close. That was a great season. He hit 330. Um, I think he's just hitting the prime of his career. I mean, he's, don't forget, he came up so early. Um, like we said, 19-year-old. We talked about Andrew Jones. Well, that was Bryce Harper. 
And uh, it really hasn't seemed to face him. I mean, he's got a 285 career batting average, so he's making contact. He had his one terrible year in 2016 where he hit two. Well, you're talking about a guy, Rob, that's going to command supposedly $300 million uh, in a contract. And, you know, listen, he's going to be. This, a, well, let's put it this way. After this season, he's going to be a 25 year old with 180 home runs already and over 500. Look RBIs. at the rest of those home runs and RBIs besides that 42 and 99. He's Jay Bruce. Besides the average, he's Jay Bruce. He's what, 10 years younger. Well, he hasn't hit his prime. And he's a hell of a lot more athletic, and you know, but the home runs and RBIs, man, that contract, that is not going to be worth it to I'll whatever you, team I'll, gives you know, you know, it would be worth it in Yankee <laughs> Stadium because he put up the numbers there in that porch. Not saying that they should get him or could, but a stadium like that, a hitter's ballpark, and if he had some protection. I'll tell you what, the yeah, exit velocity good. of Bryce Harper, Aaron Judge, and Giancarlo Stanton would be vicious. That's a hell of an outfield over there, but uh, they're full of outfielders too. But you know what? Another free agent that went was Lorenzo Cain. So the Brewers had a big week. So they yes, really they revamped did. their outfield this week. Cain gets what? Uh, $80 million, Mike? $80 million over five years. Um, it's a great fit. It really is. They're going to end up trading somebody now, whether it's Braun or Domingo Santana. They have to get another pitcher in there. But um, this is the biggest contract the Brewers have ever given out to a free agent. It used to be Matt Garza. Now it is Lorenzo Cain. So they clearly have a lot of faith in him. It wasn't Ryan Braun? Uh, re-signed. Oh, okay. So re-signed. Okay. Biggest gotcha. free agent uh, is going to be Lorenzo Cain now. And uh, just an interesting stat, guys. As far as fantasy goes, the Brewers have ranked one and two uh, in steals under Craig Council in his two full seasons there. Lorenzo Cain at 26, Christian Yellick at 18. So uh, they're going to run, both of them. And I think their value definitely increases playing in that ballpark as opposed to out in uh, Kansas City and Miami. Uh, so they had a big week. Uh, their fans have something to be excited about, but without the pitching, what's it really going to mean? Uh, and then that division with the Cubs. I mean, they're not going to overtake the Cubs. Uh, listen, I think they're still in on you, Darvish. It wouldn't shock me if he ends up there or somebody else. Jimmy Nelson had a good season last year. Uh, Zach Davies had a good season last year. I'm missing somebody else that was young and, and started breaking out for them too, another pitcher. So uh, still have Giovanni Gallardo too. No, he's gone, he's gone. I think. I think they had a lefty that I told everyone to pick up at one point uh, in Gallardo fantasy. On the well, see, I thought he was. Bad. I think we watched him. No? Didn't he beat the Yankees when went over there? <laughs> I don't think he was good. Um, so listen, I think that they have, uh, they definitely have some pitching. They have enough to be a wild card team, and and who knows from there. Yeah, I'm looking at, I'm looking for your guy. I don't see who it may have been, but uh, let's see. They have a great closer in Corey Knievel. They lost. Uh, Chase Anderson had a good year. If you look at him, Brent Sutter's the name I told everyone to pick up last year. He went on a nice little stretch in fantasy. Jimmy Nelson had a good year. Zach Davies is still there. Uh, Matt Garza, the old uh, free agent, uh, top free agent signing, he's there. So they definitely have a need for another pitcher. But their rotation, uh, I would say it has three solid number three guys. They need that front end guy, maybe yeah. a Jake Arrieta or uh, even a Lance Lynn would fit there. So as you mentioned though, uh, they don't really sign free agents to lucrative money. They just give Lorenzo Cain a lot of money. Can they afford to sign one of these pitchers now? Their owner said that? they're going for it. This they is... should. Cause you know what? I think they're, they can get two of these pitchers somehow. Yeah. I think they're right in the, in contention, especially in that division with the Cardinals and the Cubs. You can put them right in contention with that because they have a really solid lineup now. Lance Lynn knows that division well, too. He wouldn't be yep. a bad guy. For and you mentioned yet. it the other day, Rob, when we talked about him. You said he hasn't missed a start, that he's a, you know, he's a bulldog out there. So just an, a, get an arm in there and uh, and see what can happen. But if, they, if they don't, they have no – I don't care what they do. They have no chance if they don't. You said you like these number three guys. You're not winning in long Well, Zach season. Davies, you have it up there. He won 17 games. Jimmy Nelson's ERA was 3.49. They had uh, almost 200 strikeouts. 
both of these guys took a nice step last season. So if they're able to take another step or you're able to, you know, they've been linked to Arietta all year and uh, you haven't heard his name linked to anyone else. So who knows what his market is right now? So we'll have to keep our eyes on the Milwaukee Brewers words. I've never said in my life, but we'll keep our eyes in the coming weeks on the Brewers. What they have to do as well as uh, all the other free agents that are still out there. Um, you talked about Real Muto, where he's going to end up. The Mets, Jose Reyes, yeah. coming back to Woo! play for the Mets. Um, not too excited uh, about that. No, I'm not but it looks like he's the guy that was the answer to the question we've been asking. And he's another one-year deal. Uh, he's happy. I mean, he tweets about it. He's home. Where else was he going to go, though? He wasn't What's going there? anywhere. Nobody happy else was going to find The him. Long Island Ducks? I mean, he, he, there was no other opportunities. So he's back and... They're calling him a utility, but Mets fans, they won't have a second baseman, and he will be our starting That's the baseman. kind of leadership Los Mets is looking for, Jose yeah. Reyes. That's what they're looking for. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? There's a lot of those people out there in the seven line that love it for the nostalgia reasons and for, uh, yeah, you know, and for what he used to be able will to will never do. win anything. You know what? I've always said it, and I maintain it. That guy scared the crap out of me as a leadoff hitter. I just don't know if he has it anymore ever since he went to Colorado. He's, he's been a different player. He hit two forty six last year. I, I mean, I don't know if he has it. There's nothing to be scared of. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. Um, that might be the end of the Mets' moves. Um, bringing in Jose Reyes, and they think it's going to be a fan-friendly move. I think eventually they'll end up with Harrison from Pittsburgh. It's just whether they want to trade Nimmo or not. And I don't love, love that fit either, but – uh, How do you know, sell that to your fan base you when can. you told your fan base that you didn't get Stanton because you have Nimmo, but then you bring Josh Harrison and you wouldn't trade Nimmo? Nimmo from McCutcheon either? And that was supposed to be close to a one to uh, one for one type trade. So, what about the Todd father? I, he's been rumored also, he's but that doesn't really help you at second base unless as Drubal then would become your second baseman every day. But I mean, listen, uh, Todd Frazier is a great clubhouse guy. You saw it with the Yankees, but he's going to hit two twenty if you're lucky with thirty home runs. You don't want, I mean, two twenty. I like that as the number nine hitter, the New York Yankees. But also, it matters how much money he's asking for. <clears throat> I don't know. I, I, I've i seen him rumored to the Braves. The guy hits home runs. The guy's going to hit 30 home runs yep. somehow. The, the average won't be there. Um, in the Yankee lineup, though, is, is, is that another hole that they don't need another guy that's – Still have Moustakas out there, too. So, yeah. there's still a lot of players out there. Yep. J.D. Martinez, Darvish. Every single week we talk about – 17 days away do? from pitchers and catchers reporting. We're going to have some of these guys not have a team. It's just going to be the new way. It's We're obviously be... in the New York market. Don't you think the Red Sox market is the fans are going crazy over there? I think that's the Red Sox fan. I think that are they, they with their team? No, I think that they know that they're going to get one of these guys eventually. Let's just – they're kind of just waiting to see who it is. They're being paid. They, they're going to get one of these guys. I mean, it's not like they're going to get shut out. I'd be more worried if there was only J.D. Martinez out there and nobody else and they're like, if we don't get him, we're screwed. But I'm like, well, what? There's they didn't get outside of J.D. Martinez, none of them worried me going there as the Yankees fan. Oh, Hosmer and Moustakis wouldn't be bad there. Moustakis, I don't know. Bellhead had Moustakis, that's fine. Yeah, Moustakis does Hosmer really, is a yeah. good player, but he doesn't, he doesn't scare me that much. You know, I, I, I'd much rather than have Hosmer than J.D. Martinez. Hosmer would have been a perfect fit there, but he's not going to go there now with Mitch Moreland there, and he's going to take a, a lot of first-base time. And uh, he's a lefty also, so it doesn't make any sort of sense. I can't see that happening. Uh, J.D. Martinez is the player that they have to get. They have to land J.D. Martinez. Otherwise, you could say the Red Sox offseason was a failure. Do you think the Royals messed up by not trading any of these guys? Yeah, I, of course I do. And, you know, they, they almost made it known last year. You, you saw that they weren't going to, that they were going to try and bring them back. And, uh, you know, they were the fans were waving goodbye, and they knew it was his last at bat. And, listen, this, can, uh, this is very similar to the whole Tavares thing, and you can talk about the whole fan base, and we can't do it, we can't do it. As it, From an organizational standpoint, the Kansas City Royals should have traded both of them and brought in whatever you could have. 
Um, I, I think that they still have a chance to bring back one of them, but I don't think they can bring back both. Agreed. I don't think that that's going to happen. And, and I worry about Hosmer, who had his best year last year in a contract year. I worry about him as a 28-year-old. Can you keep it up? He had, what, 25 home runs, 98 runs scored, almost 100 right. RBI. Pretty good average on no, base three, guy. He had over 300. Yeah. Um, he and was a guy. Uh, ballpark, too, Rob. Yeah, that's fine. And then you got Mustakis, who all of a sudden Brady Anderson is way to 38 home runs last year. I'd be more worried about Mouse. I agree. <laughs> I completely agree. I don't know. If, I don't know if he's going to ever do that again. I'll take the under on all his stats he put up this year. Agreed. 1058 over the top sports radio. Robbie D. Big Mike, Vinny the Shark here with you Saturday morning. Uh, boring week. No big. No NHL this weekend. Uh, football takes the weekend off in case you're into the Pro Bowl, which I almost degenerately bet last night because uh, I was bored in the in a sports book out in Vegas, but I decided to lay off the NFC's three-point favorite line. Uh, coming won? up, <laughs> what's that? Who won? They, they didn't play it. Yeah, yeah. No. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, like, who won what? They didn't play it, but that's the funny thing, is that nobody knows who nobody won or what they played. No, the only thing you, you bet there is... Oh, they had their skills thing then, right? Or that, yeah. that's that. You don't bet anything. I, I think Justin Tucker won uh, the uh, singing, right? The most valuable off the field with the uh, off-field talent. Justin Tucker, huh? Yeah, the Listen, kicker. Great, great fantasy this kicker. This is what the NFL's been doing. So. <laughs> well, the NHL has their, um, their All-Star the weekend getting started tonight. Uh, XFL getting underway. Speaking of them, Vince McMahon, WWE, a huge week for them. We'll talk to Ashley about, uh, you know, some some of her uh, history there. Obviously, that's just a small part of what she's done. But uh, they started the week off with uh, Raw, what was it, 25-year anniversary. I was there. I actually didn't hate it. I, I hated the execution of two different arenas. I think that's for both uh, everyone who went to Manhattan Center and everyone who went to Barclays, especially those in the Manhattan Center. The Manhattan Center guys, guys you, I mean, I got – Lucky, I went to Barclays. If I went to Manhattan, I'd feel much different. I'd feel probably the way you guys feel about the show. Yeah. What'd I you just get out the whole thing sucked. I really did. You had all these people come back and, and what, for a two-second wave? They they weren't incorporated at all except for the, the giant poker game that just somehow kept growing. I thought it was absolutely terrible. It was just They were just clumped into that poker game. It was. Game. They oh, had no right. idea. Uh, what should we do with you? We don't have so much time. Who's because... writing this crap? <laughs> and I, and I, get, I, I get one time having bringing out the old general managers, wait for the crowd, play their theme, whatever. But to do that and then also do it with the former past uh, women's champions yes. and divas. So now you had two different segments, which was the same thing, come out and wait for the crowd. You get that the night after uh, WrestleMania when they do the Hall of Fame, or at WrestleMania, actually, the day after the Hall of Fame ceremony. Uh, You don't need two segments of that in the same show. And they had had MVP there, the former wrestler who they had brought in. They had, uh, you know one of the Bellas is going to be in the Rumble tomorrow night, or Michelle McCool or whoever. I mean, at the very least, have one of them make some sort of announcement or save one of them for the Royal Rumble. I just, I mean, the second segment is The Undertaker retiring or whatever the hell he's doing. Well, you seem, it, it was seems stupid. like the WWE writers forgot that they had a, an enormous pay-per-view to sell on Monday night. Like, that was the go-home show on your flagship program. You've got to do something to help sell the network subscriptions Agreed. for Sunday night's and Royal Rumble. Way, the, and card, they forgot about that. the card sucked outside of two Rumbles. But that's all I care about. Anyway. It, okay. Yeah, that's true. It's about the Rumble, and there's two of them. Uh, I mean, the, the, one, one, uh, the men's one is going to be an hour long. Isn't the women's two? It's the same thing. Yeah, so so you're going to have two and a half hours of your, what, three-hour show or four-hour show? I seven with the, uh, the pre-matches. Again. So you got a four-hour show, yeah. and half, and that's fine, because the Rumble match to me is all I care about anyway in this show. I think it's the best pay-per-view of the year. It's my favorite one. But, I totally um, messed that up, too. <laughs> but, I mean, what 
we need to see, you know, John Cena and Elias continue their feud, you know, Listen, stuff like that. They don't care. The ratings were off the chart. The ratings came in uh, every hour was above a four. So, uh, so I was there, and don't care. Austin coming out made it worth it. I'll tell you right now. With that's that, the one thing that did is, right. That, when that happened, never he stunned, Stone Cold stunning Vince McMahon. That will never get old, but you can never mess up. He stuns Vince. I could have gone home right then and been happy. Done. I was, hey, I got my money's worth, which I got free tickets anyway, but even if I had paid, we all got our money's worth. But then it just lagged. And the worst part was, um, you know, you have to watch the other show on the screen. Right. If I wanted to watch one of that Raw on the TV, I would stay home. I wouldn't have gone to Manhattan Center, certainly, for 500 bucks. like watching from home. I could tell you that. Uh, I know yeah. I wasn't there. I'm glad I didn't go. The only thing I would have been jealous of is Austin. That's about it. I also didn't like seeing Big Match John with Elias. I'd rather see him in a really good cool stare down with an old legend or something. At least get some people hyped about that. I don't that. mind that. John's going to start putting over this young talent and starting to help them grow. And I really think Elias is actually pretty good. I, I, I think he's like Elias. I think he's one of those good heels that uh, the more you see him, the more he's going to grow on you. I like that from him. But what I didn't like is that I had to sit through a Titus O'Neil match for 20 minutes. And I had yeah, to sit in the last hour. It, but at the same time, Ric Flair uh, and Chris Jericho were in the building and never made an appearance, only backstage. You don't bring back these guys for a backstage segment. And uh, listen, they said no. Triple H was running the Manhattan show, and uh, the crowd started freaking out on him. So he started calling over to the Barclays and having people come over via uh, some sort of car transportation that they had. So Seth Rollins ended up over there. The Miz ended up over there. And they just kept trying to bring other guys over there to try to make it up to the Manhattan crowd. And uh, listen, the reports are all, all over the internet. They said it was horrible. WWE would be doing me a huge favor by not bringing DX out anymore because they make me sick to my stomach. This edited PG, DX. They I can't agree. say ass. They oh. can't say ass at all. You better call somebody. You got to be kidding me with that. <laughs> I'm tired of seeing them. They're corny merchandise sales. It's not funny anymore. Two words for you, get raw, get lost. And, that was terrible. And they bring out Razor Ramon, not as Scott Hall, so you actually get to see Razor Ramon. The music hits, and then they go to commercial. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't know. One of the guys I was excited to You see. go to commercial. I thought it was over. I didn't know they were going to go back to him. <laughs> well, they had to get that kind of deal. It was horrible. Well, if you think that's bad, in the arena, we didn't know what happened, but I guess when it went to commercial, they cut all the audio, so we see Razor's, uh, we see Razor's entrance with no audio. Until the commercial ended, and everybody's sitting there like, oh, they screwed up the audio. What's going on? We were missing out. And then all of a sudden, like four minutes later, it hits, and he's just standing in the ring. They're doing the too sweet thing with the Ballot Club. Who's I, been see, around I thought they were going to beat weeks. up the Ballot Club. It was terrible. Well, at least they – Billy uh, Gunn shouldn't even have been there. He was uh, fired for steroids, but he came back because he's one of Triple H's boys. They did mention China, which I liked. Uh, they haven't really mentioned her in a long time, but now that she passed – How do you not? I, I mean – but speaking of great former uh, women uh, wrestlers, uh, Ashley Massaro, we are very pleased to have her join us in the program, and here she is now. Ashley, thank you for joining us on Over the Top Sports Show. Hey, guys. How you doing? We're doing excellent, and uh, it's been a while since we've seen or heard from you. What's uh, been going on in your life lately? Um, well, I'm doing a bunch of conventions and doing uh, wrestling shows here and there, a couple of indie events here and there in Illinois and California, and just working my butt off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you always have. I mean, you started on Long Island with us. We're all, uh, no doubt, we're all on Long Island here. I'm from Huntington, a couple guys uh, from the South Shore as well. But, you know, oh, how does sweet. one go totally from, my neck you know, of the woods. How do you go from there? You know, I mean, you really made it big in so many different avenues, not just wrestling, which, you know, to maybe guys like us that are big wrestling fans, but 
I mean, you were on Survivor, you you cover of Playboy and all this. Um, just how, how did you get into all of that? It, it was wild. You know, there was a lot of the there was a lot of right place at the right time moments in my life, but I've always hustled hard. I've always worked hard. I've always tried to, you know, do my best. And, uh, and I've always had a sort of soft heart and like gratefulness for the fans that put me there, you know, winning the WWE Diva search, uh, was the fans voting in and, you know, they were calling in and voting. And so, you know, everything that I've attained, I feel, has come from the wrestling fans. So I'm, like, eternally grateful. I'm, like, I, I love my fans. I'm very interactive with them. I play words with friends with some of them. Like, I really, I, I'm very interactive with my fans. And how did you, you know, get onto this, you know, diva search? It's just kind of just like a crapshoot. You know, you go out there. I mean, had you wrestled before that? Did you have any knowledge of the business? Or did you kind of go in there had, fun and just make it? I had no knowledge of the business on the inside. I, I just had grown up watching wrestling and was, you know, did the casting for it and didn't think by any chance in hell that I would make it. And I, I was just, I was in the right place at the right time. I, was, I had just won the Miss Hawaiian Tropic USA pageant. And I was in Las Vegas, and WWE was casting the Diva Search there, and I was just happened to be in the right place. And I was like, oh, my God, no way. This can't be happening. I would love to uh, cast for you guys. And, you know, they let me. And, and uh, next thing you know, I was – and then after that was, you know, we, I got chosen to be one of the eight contestants. And after that, and I just came down to be the one that won, and it was just insane. My life totally like changed completely, 100. Huh. percent You got on the cover of Playboy, which is quite an honor. Um, how did you end up getting the cover of that? Uh, how did that end up happening? And do you have any stories you can tell us about the late great Hugh Hefner? Um, well, hmm. Doing Playboy was the cover of Playboy for me was like a huge honor, like you said. Like, like um, it was something that I wanted to do for a long time, and. When I was at, with WWE, they had Candace Michelle on the cover of Playboy the year before me. And her cover came out amazing, and her pictorial looked amazing. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this would be so great. <clears throat> and Johnny Ace at the time came to me and said that they were interested in shooting. And I was like, oh, my God, no way, because I'm interested in doing it too. <laughs> and, yeah, and so that's how that happened. And I went <clears> – <throat> I shot out there in LA at the mansion. Um, I stayed at the mansion, the mansion while I was there and Hef was nothing but a gentleman. He was like super great. And um, yeah, super nice. He was very set in his ways. If I'm going to say anything at all about Hef, he he had traditions and like Sunday night was game night and they would play like backgammon and, Monday night was like old movie night and it was like you watched black and white films and like Wednesday night was going out to dinner night. Thursday night was like the girls night out. The, the, everybody goes out with Hep. And like he just has this, this schedule that he maintains and it, he does not deviate from it whatsoever. So that was a little quirky fact about him that I could think of. Uh, yeah, Ashley, during your experience of doing Playboy was amazing. Yeah, and um, 
we put your cover up on Facebook and the, the amount of feedback that it got, uh, just so you know, you still have a ton of fans and quite the following. Um, awesome. Your time That's in WWE uh, was called more of like the diva era and you, even your matches, some of them were bra and panty matches. And now they've kind of moved That's to right. now they're wrestlers, the women. It's a, a women's division, the women's revolution. Um, do you wish that uh, they didn't take that long to move into more of a, a wrestling aspect and less on uh, like body parts and body features? And what do you think of you the know, whole revolution? It's awesome to say. I remember hearing about when Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair and um, uh, and um, Sasha Banks came and, and I remember like Googling it and I was like, wow, that was cool when they did all the submissions. And uh, yeah, it was a really cool uh, moment. And, that, and what they're doing now, I think, is incredible. Yeah, they're just, they're moving yeah, forward they're in, in the business, like doing things that you know I never thought were were possibilities for for the women wrestlers. You know, from where from where I was, like when I was there, I was so accustomed to doing bikini contests and brown panties matches and silly things like that. Like I didn't, I really didn't think that it would ever get, that it would ever get to a level where you're, you know, you're having a women's royal rumble. Right. You know, very cool. What's your whole take on the women's royal rumble this Sunday at the royal rumble? I can't believe the women are finally getting a big match like that. The men, I'm actually more excited for the women's than I am for the men. Uh, I know. What's your whole thought on it? Um, well, I don't really follow as much. I don't watch WWE as much as I sh- probably should <laughs> or as much as I used to because I kind of miss it when I watch it. But, um, yeah, so I'm not sure who my, my pick would be to win the Royal Rumble, but I'm just excited that they're having a period. And you're not driving down to Philly yourself, are you? No surprises from Ashley this weekend? Oh, you never know. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, you know, some of the some of my favorite people you got to work with, uh, Maria, one of my all-time favorites, and, and actually even Santino Morella, just a guy that I thought was great. What was it like? Yeah, he was hilarious. Uh, what was it like working with them, you know, on stage or behind the scenes and all that? Because uh, I thought he was basically a uh, – he was very underrated with how funny and good of a character he was. I think he was hilarious. Like, he, hilarious. even just as a person, you know, like backstage, you know, like so funny. Like all the time. So I think it was great. And Maria and I were friends and always got along well. And um, yeah, I have no qualms with them either at all. Uh, have to ask you about uh, doing Survivor. And, uh, you know, you've said everything so far has been right place, right time. But uh, what made you oh. even want to get into this? And oh. then uh, your time in China, I mean, just speak to that oh, because uh, you spent <laughs> you spent six days over there uh, before you were kicked off. How, how real yeah. is it? Like, what do you see on TV? Is oh, my everything gosh. Legit? Okay. Oh, my gosh. Well, first of all, I've never even been camping before. And <laughs> they came to me with the idea. And I was like, I don't know that I would be that great at this. You know, I, I was talking yeah. to Kevin Dunn about it. And I'm like, I really don't think that I would be too too great at it. And he was like, oh, don't worry about it. You know, uh, as long as you don't get off, voted off first, it'll be fine. And, you know, at the time, I, I, I could leave TV where, without the world crumbling. You know what I mean? They couldn't send certain people because, 
you know, they need them to hold up TV. And, like, I wasn't one of those people, so I could go, you know. So um, they, they basically set it up, and I went to, well, I went to L.A. for the screening and all this stuff. And um, I didn't find out that it was going to be in China until 10 days before. Oh, my God. I thought it was going to be on a beach or something like that. And when I found out that it was going to be in the middle of the woods in China, I was freaking out, like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be bad. But I was like, still, I'm going to make the best of it. And I had, I had been reading that book, The Secret, at the time. I don't know if you ever heard of it, but it's like – a no, very, like, it's, it's a very like motivating book like, and like you're supposed to be able to will things into existence and like it's just ridiculous and I was so wrapped up in it and I'm like I'm going to win this and I'm going to give all the money to charity and I'm going to do this and I was like talking you know like just basically like pumping myself up for the show I get there and the first day even I was like let's do this you know I want to be a team leader blah 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 and like I was, you know, I was all over the place. I was excited. I'm chopping down bamboo trees and whatnot. And then, like, I got thirsty, and there's no water. That, I mean, it is realer than people think. Like, I can't tell you how many fans have come up to me and asked me, like, oh, do they give you guys an apple, or do they give you any water on the side when they're not filming, or whatever? No, they don't give you anything. Like, you are done. Like, you don't get anything at all. We didn't have water for six days. The entire time I was there, we didn't have water. So I drank what was the first thing like, you ate muddy when you came water. Home? Oh, my gosh. I don't even remember. I was so sick then. I was, and I'm skinny to begin with. But, like, I was, like, skeletal. Like, it was brutal. But, um, yeah, so I drank the muddy water, and I was just, like, so dehydrated, and I got so sick. And that was it. Like, stick the board to me. I was done. I, I wanted to go home. I'm like, this is, like, making me look so bad. I just want to go back to WWE. <laughs> yeah, so it was a nightmare. People still ask me about it to this day, and I'm always like, oh, it gives me shivers just thinking about it. It was so bad. Because after you get voted off, I'm probably going to get in trouble for selling all this because I, I, I find a disclosure. <laughs> a non-disclosure. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you guys anyway. They don't send you home when you get voted off. They don't want, like, spoilers or whatever to happen, and... They have these very strict rules, and I'm like, listen, I I I work for a company that has kayfabe. Like, we're not like I'm I'm like we're not we 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 shoot a we shoot a live show and we shoot a tape show. Like, like I know how to keep my mouth shut. Like, so you don't have to worry. And they were like, no, you know, we don't bend the rules for anybody, and this is just how it is. So they basically, I thought when I got voted off, I was going to be able to go home, and. They waited until I got voted off, and they put me in a cabin with no electricity. Oh my! Like a a cabin in the woods, in the middle of the woods in China, worse than where I was. And I had to stay there, locked up for forty days. Oh my God! That is insane. Yeah, it was a nightmare. Getting voted off, what I thought was going to save me. But it turned out that it was even worse than being out there. I'm like, I would have rather taken my chances out there. Seriously. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was terrible. No electricity in China. 
In China. Yeah, in China. So and they have your passport, they have your credit cards, they have everything. They take it all away from you. So, like, you can't, like, get away. And I, like, I, I like, was, like, literally, like, Rambo. Like, I, I left my cabin at a certain time every day and, like, sprinted through the woods for, like, five miles and found where the all the executives were staying and the producers and whomever they were staying at like a, a real life hotel and there was like a, a tent where they had all the cameras and equipment and they had I knew they had a satellite phone in there because they had to communicate and so I, I one day I just I would run and just watch and see like what time people went into that tent and whatever and I waited and waited and waited, and I finally just sprinted to the tent one day and found a satellite phone, and I called two people. I called Kevin Dunn, and I called my mom. And I'm like, get me the F out of here. So they were able to, like, get me done, get me out 38 days later. So technically, I didn't spend 40 days there. I spent 38 days there. Now, in your cabin, but, is it just yeah. you or is it the other people that go just get me. voted off? Are you actually alone? Just me. Oh just wow. me. And you want to hear something terrible? They came they and told me. And told me uh, this was around the time of the Kristen Watt tragedy. And they and came and told me, someone told me, on the same show as me, show with me uh, has passed away, uh, and, passed away and they wouldn't tell me who. Oh, God. They have like a psychiatrist that travels with you, I guess, because people do go crazy. And uh, they, they came and delivered the news that someone had passed away, and they wouldn't tell me who it was. And I was like, why did you even tell me then to begin with? You know? So then how did you like find was, out that it was Chris Benoit? I found out that it was Chris Benoit when I came back from China. I, when I was flying back from China, and I had to connect in L.A., and I walked past the U.S. stand, and I saw it on the cover of People Magazine. Wow. And was just gutted. Was Locker Room still shook when you got back about that? Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, oh, yeah. That didn't pass for a long time. I mean, it's still... Something that oh, is just so incredibly sad. So oh, thank you, uh, eleven twenty-two. Ashley Miss Sarah joining us. Uh, just wanted to ask you know a little bit about uh, one more thing about WWE for me. Um, what was your career highlight? Was it uh, wrestling at WrestleMania? Was it winning the Diva Search? Was it um, showing your Playboy cover, or was it maybe something that I'm missing? What was your favorite moment? That, uh, My favorite moment ever. Yep. My favorite moment ever was probably my entrance to WrestleMania at the Sun Dome in Orlando. I forget which number, 22 or 23. Am I wrong? Um, yeah, it wasn't 22 or 23. Um, uh, yeah, but that moment, like, I, I got to the arena early, and I, went, I came out, and I saw, like, the empty arena. And I was like, wow, this place is going to be filled with people. This is, I just, I was like kind of blown away because it was so big and it was outdoors and like there was no roof, you know, and it just made it look so much bigger and more intimidating. And I was just like, wow. And I remember, you know, just being like blown away with the size of it. And then, you know, later that night when I made my entrance, uh, I came out and the crowd was just insane and the, the lights and the fireworks and everything was just so incredible 
that moment was like just like wow, I can't believe I freaking made it to WrestleMania. <laughs> like I, I was just totally like humbled and honored at the same time. Just like wow, like wow. A moment very few people get to experience. Right. Now, now us as fans, we don't really get to see what goes on in the locker room or anything like that. This is over the top sports. I was wondering if you could tell us who was on top of who when uh, backstage that we didn't really know about. That you didn't know about? That you didn't know oh, about? I don't know. Yeah. Like, probably, I'm not the one to ask. I don't, I don't, I don't have any good, juicy good gossip about the, guy, about the, the girls or anybody. <laughs> okay. Do you have any backstage stories you can tell us? Any wrestling stories? Any wrestling stories? Any, yeah, oh, any backstage stories, you said. Um, yes. Um, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I'd have to say like you had a few, when you first started, you had a you had a feud with Michelle McCool. Did you know that she was dating The Undertaker at that time? Or that uh, was there any connection no, there? Actually, no, actually, it, it took actually, a while before, took like, a while everybody before started putting two and two together. And I think we were on, like, a European tour. And we just kind of noticed that they were hanging out a lot. And I was like, oh, snap. I think they're getting together. I'm like, that's awesome. You know? So it was, yeah. I mean, it was... Like, I, mean, I, always said, like, like, I always said, like, the girls are like the, the, uh, are like the guys are like the, the greasers the and the girls are like, are like the pink ladies. ladies. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard not to date your coworkers because you're on the road with them all year and you don't get to see people back home that often. So, like, relationships happen, you know, in, in, inter, you know, in the company. And, you know, they try to discourage that, but it happens all the time. So, all the time. So, I, um, listen, I just from you know doing my homework on you and looking up some things, I saw that uh, you know uh, it's out there online that you're a victim of uh, sexual assault while, while on tour with the WWE, and and now with this whole Me Too movement, um, do you wish that like the WWE obviously just handled that better back then? And um, you know, I'm not I mean, really I would be infuriated with the way they handled it. My lawyer is not. I'm not, I'm not really not allowed to do any press at all about it. So I'm not allowed to talk about it because it's still an active suit and whatnot. So, and it's kind of uncomfortable to talk about, to be honest. No, fair enough, fair enough. We move on one last one for me. Just was there anybody, um, you know, male, female, somebody that you, you looked up to or that took you under their wing or somebody that you, you know. Oh, hands down, Trish Stratus. Hands down. Yeah. Yeah, hands down. Yeah. I mean, I was a huge Trish Stratus fan to begin with, and getting to work with her like right away when she made her comeback, I was just like so excited. A little bit of a mark for her. Listen, I was a, I was a 16 year old boy when Trish Stratus started, so yeah, I'm the only one that's a big fan of Trish Stratus when she came out. But uh, yeah, yeah I, was awesome. She was there this week at Monday Night Raw. She still looks great. She looks like she's in great shape. She looks she can amazing. Have another one if she wants. Absolutely. She is. So uh, hopefully, uh, maybe we'll even see her, and who knows? Maybe any other surprises. And uh, and listen, to any indie shows that you do on Long Island, let us know. We'd love to come out, come watch you in action. I will. Again. So I'm actually, on Long Island. I will. I will. I'm doing a show tonight uh, in Poughkeepsie. I don't know if uh, you guys will be around, but just in case the listeners are, I'm doing a show in Poughkeepsie from 3 to 7 tonight at the Mid-Hudson Civic Center. 
It's, okay, a, it's actually a chicken wing eating contest, funny enough. I've never seen something like this before, but when, when they asked me to do it, I was like, heck yeah, that sounds fun. And Hacksaw Jim Duncan's going to be there too. And yeah, so it's going to be a good time. Well, that's awesome. And listen, we'll throw that on our Twitter. So any of our followers uh, in the area want to go up there and they can meet you and take a look at it. That would be great. And uh, like I said, anytime, let us know if you're around the Long Island area. We'd love to come out, support you, and uh, and, uh, get to meet you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for doing this today. Yeah, anytime. Thank you so much. You guys have been a pleasure. (laughs) Thank you. Ashley Massaro, former WWE superstar, uh, Playboy cover girl, and survivor, survivor. I mean, she survived Survivor in a way that maybe we didn't know. (laughs) So thank you so much, Ashley. We'll talk to you All right. Thanks so much, guys. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you. Um, We'll be back with you guys in just a minute over the Top Sports Radio, 1128, on Saturday morning. You better hold on tight, because I'm going to love you nice. I'm going to do it right. Let me light a fire in you tonight. Radio, Robbie D, Big Mike, Vinny the Sharks here with you on this Saturday morning. Thanks again to Ashley Massaro for joining us. Um, if you didn't hear the entire interview or you would like to re-listen to it, it will be posted on our Twitter page later in the afternoon. We will put a link to that up. And of course, if you're watching on Facebook Live, you could just restart the Facebook Live and find where the interview is at about 11 o'clock, about half an hour in. Um, great interview. A lot of stuff that we heard about. Um, got us pumped up for the Women's Royal Rumble and the Royal Rumble tomorrow night. You never know who's going to show up. Um, interesting, you know, she said Trish Stratus, and I think that Trish Stratus is probably the favorite of all of the former divas that might come back tomorrow night. So that should be exciting. I was Lita, know. by the way, at the Raw 25. Will we see her? She Sunday? tweeted that she didn't even get the invite, that she made the chair really? and wasn't invited. She's on the chair, the yeah. uh, souvenir chair, but didn't get an invite. Wow, I'm surprised. Why would they not invite her? I saw that. Um, we may find out tomorrow. Maybe they wanted to keep her out of the public eye, you know, just hoping they'd forget about her, which would never happen in this day and age anyway, but so that she could be one of the surprises on Sunday. But if she's not there this Sunday, then I don't have an answer for you. If we see her, if we see her tomorrow night, maybe that's one of the things. They would, didn't want to bring everybody out. She's going to have her moment tomorrow. That'd be cool. That would be my guess. That'd be cool. But I'm not a writer, and we know these writers are a bunch of stupid idiots. Oh, yes. So... Um, moving on, um, NHL a little bit. Just got to say, um, the way you guys felt about Minnesota for the Vikings game, 
you got to go see your team play or any team play in Vegas. The arena is awesome. The fans are crazy awesome. Um, and the nicest people in the world, whether the Islanders won or lost. Um, I mean, they're congratulating us after the win. Hey, congratulations. You guys played a great game. Every single person that saw you wearing an Islander thing, whether it be uh, an Uber driver, a blackjack dealer, a casino host, or a random guy in the street had something to say. They love their Golden Knights out there. So the NHL and pro sports in Vegas is working, and I can't imagine how much it's going to be when NFL goes there. Yeah, I think it's going to be huge. Um, and they've had great success with how the whole Vegas night thing has turned out with just the, how the team has played well and, uh, you know, the feedback that they're getting from there. And I don't think the NHL could be uh, any happier than they are right now with that. And uh, the only thing that sucks, though, they're great fans. I respect that, actually. That's an interesting story, Rob. But um, they're still always going to be a visiting attraction all the time. Absolutely. They're going to be filled with opposing teams. But it hasn't hurt them. No matter what team it is, it's always going to be filled with opposing teams instead of their own teams. But it's good to see fans actually really buying into the Golden Knights. And, but, you know, and making a that actually throw. makes for a great atmosphere, though, because this place was really, really loud and into it. They're, and I know anybody can say what they want about Islander fans, and I'm sure that Edmonton, Van, you know, People that are on the West Coast that might have a bigger fan base and more accessible than the Islanders, I just can't imagine how crazy it is for them because the Islander fans, I don't want to say they took it over because the Vegas fans, obviously, there were more, but they were really loud. And the Vegas, listen, these Vegas fans are kind of new too, okay? A slap shot from the blue line, they make the same. And they're like, yeah, I'm like, that had no chance to go in, you know? They're kind of like rookie fans. Um, And they're also a little bit, uh, you know, they, they don't know anything about losing and, you know, They've only lost three games all year. They've been pretty damn good. That's yeah, so, so they're very excited. But this is a city, and I was the guy that was sitting next to me started talking to me in the second intermission, and he was you know, never was a huge hockey fan, but he said they've been craving any pro sports ever. And he's like, I didn't know much. He's like, you don't understand. They bought season tickets after their second game. They didn't even have them wow. in the first game. Two games, and how he's like, you can't see on TV how great hockey is. And we all know that as hockey right. people. But – he said that this city is just completely went over there. And let me tell you this. They are the odds-on favorite in Vegas to win the Cup. They, uh, they also have a loaded farm system. And, uh, you know, they made a lot of deals beforehand about uh, with trading draft picks or whatever. I don't want to say loaded farm system, but they have some very good pieces there. And uh, there's no reason they can't be good for years to come also. The arena has great sight lines. I think that if Belmont Park Arena, and obviously they already have the plans made, but if they – and I know they visited every NHL arena. Of all the ones I've been to, I most wanted to be like that one. The acoustics were great. The sight lines were great. They had nice little areas. Um, and, you know, Vegas puts on shows. Absolutely. They put on shows there, like Vegas style. Like, you know, they it wasn't just a hockey game. They made it a hockey game and an event. There's stuff for kids. There's stuff for people that are casual fans and the big fans. It's loud. The announcer's loud. The fans are loud. Um, so they put on a great show. Do they um, want to keep doing your game. seats during intermission over there? I think so. well, I I went out to go meet up with other people. Um, I knew a lot of people there, so I missed it. But I came back and they're like, "You just missed this great, you know, it was like a halftime type of show." Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, they do. I mean, they have this whole castle area, and you know, they they just do all you know stuff to get there. You know, some some are cheesy. You know, they came around and tried to get to do the wave, and I'm like, no, that's my league. <laughs> uh, so first of all, it's not my team. But even if it was, you're not doing the you wave. You know, another question I want to ask you about going there. You know how every stadium they try to do things for the kids, like your stupid dragon that yeah. has no relevance to Long Island? Right. Um, do they have anything like that for kids trying to draw kids? That they, they, they have keep, a mascot. They keep it the America's adult playground. No, they have a mascot. Um, they do the whole thing with uh, – they got a big rock thing with the flag in center ice and a guy on the Islander 
Cersei tries to put his flag in there, and the mascot comes out and beats him up, and he turns into a knight, and he slices him up with his sword and steals the flag and, you know, all that stuff. But they do a lot of that stuff. So uh, it's kid-friendly. It's they got to get the kids, because if you don't have the younger generation, they're not going to last a long time, because the older generation gets out, the kids aren't going to love it. So they, they do it for the, the kids. They do it for the adults. The entire area around the arena, I mean, it's Vegas, but all redunks. I know Vegas very well. All brand-new restaurants, bars, a huge area outside the arena that you can just kind of congregate in. And, and I was exciting, and I, I, I tweeted it out, but uh, the Islanders game ended, and the Rangers were in the third period. Mm. So you walk out the arena, and now you're with a couple – maybe even thousand Islander fans, and they all congregated around these TVs at the Rangers-Sharks game, rooting like they're Sharks fans, and the Rangers ended up getting the win. A good win for the Rangers if they needed, by the way. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it was a good experience. I think that everybody should go see their team play there, or if they're in Vegas. It might even be just as cool. You can go see Vegas and not have to worry about your own team playing, and you could just kind of be a Vegas fan. But um, it reminded me a lot of the way you guys think of the experience in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, the arena was just great, and the fans were great too. So go out and see it. Um, Rangers did get a win, salvage game on their four-game road trip, a game that they had to have. It seems every time uh, Vigneault is questioned that is he is this his last game, they find a way to win for him and keep him around because that was the question if losing their first three games. Uh, and now I sent you. Uh, we, we saw that uh, another they're oh, going to sell yeah. everybody, That's which I'm fine said. with that. They said it's going to be Zuccarello, it's going to be McDonough, it's going to be Nash. And uh, listen, I have no issues with that. McDonough has not earned a, a long-term extension here. Nash should get traded at this point in his career. Uh, maybe he comes back next year. Who knows? Grabner's another one that they said is going to get traded. I agree with that also. And Zuccarello hasn't been the same player since his head injury. So I have no issue with trading uh, any of those guys and seeing what you can get. Hopefully the haul for McDonough is good enough. Uh, you know, you get some nice pieces. But, you know, there's, it's fool's gold right now what you're watching. Now, I'll preface this by saying... This is not going to happen. I know it. It's not even saying that. Would you be okay trading McDonough and Grabner to the Islanders for the right haul? Or um, it's not going to happen. It's 0% chance, but it's the perfect fit for the Islanders. They need the defenseman, and they need the bottom six guy that can kill penalties and has speed. That's exactly what the Islanders need. I mean, I, Would you be okay with helping your rival sure, as long as you get the right, the right price? Because a lot of people would you know, uh, Islanders garbage, I'd be happy with it. Well, I would say if the price was actually sure. right, and it was, you know, because I think that the you two know, teams I don't want a cool lock or any of these other names that you Islander fans fancy over. I, I want actual talent. Yeah, I, I just, I wanted to get your feeling. I, I, I know a lot of Ranger fans, well, you're not getting far. <laughs> I mean, we all want far out. Um, but we, luckily, we have them. You know who didn't want them was Boston. They passed on them three times in a row. And, uh, uh, <laughs> and who I offered him to in fantasy hockey. <laughs> That's true. He had a big play in that game. So, yeah, I just wanted to see what you would think of that. Um, it's, just, it's just so weird, you know, to see a team. You don't see this often in sports, a team that's in a playoff spot. They're built to win now, and they have a franchise guy that's only getting older. But while they're in a playoff spot, they're going to sell all their guys. Just weird. We kind of saw that with the Yankees two years ago. And, they, and then it ended up working out great. They got all the young talent. They signed some of them back in the offseason, especially uh, Chapman. It's a little bit like that. The Devils have lost four in a row. They finally come back to reality. Yeah, I've been waiting for this all. I think everybody has. I feel like no one, even a lot of Devil fans I know, a couple of the good ones I know at least, they even know they were overexceeding at the time, and uh, they were expecting this. Uh, They are not a playoff team, if you ask me, the Devils. Um, Is this going to continue, or are they going to hang around in the playoff spot? Anytime people talked about 
you know, who's going to be, especially when I talk to you about if I'm going to make it. The Rangers are just one point behind the Devils. Oh, yeah. And every time somebody talks to me about, you know, who Pittsburgh and all this, you know, they're back. I said, listen, the Devils aren't going to finish the year where they are. They're going to fall back to reality, and that's what they're doing. They're not that good. And now they have the injuries at goal. They're not that good. They don't have to that to anyone. It was, it was, Mike brought up the word fool's goal. That was the Devils' first 40 games. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not really trying to say the worst team in hockey, but they're not as good as they started the season. Out of the Devils, though, the feel-good story, uh, Brian Boyle is now an all-star. So, um, does anything to take uh, out of that with uh, his battle with cancer, uh, you know, making the all-star game? And, you know, hopefully it's an enjoyable weekend for him, but that's a pretty cool little understory this weekend. Once again, find a better sports story of the year than a guy coming back from cancer. He's having a good year. He's yes, not, he I'm not saying he's having an all-star. I mean, should Matt Barzell make it over him? Yes. You know, I'm sure he can make other cases. Right. But he's having a good enough year and an impact on that young Devils team. Um, and it, it's a great story. And the all-star games in Tampa Bay where – Yes, he used, he used to, play. to play, yes. So that's that's another good story for that All Star game being tomorrow night. They always seem to have that story that you know of the the enforcer fourth line guy now in these All Star games. You saw it with John Scott mm-hmm. when he got voted in. Um, I think they're now making a movie about. To be honest, is it is that yeah. true? And uh, you know he was you know all of a sudden the favorite guy that everybody wanted, and he won the MVP. Well, we all know who that guy is going to be tomorrow. Hopefully. And if they, you know, well, he's going to be the guy that everybody's rooting for anyway. Right. Yep. Um, and he's the guy that, you know, Tampa Bay fans especially, are, they have a special place in their heart for him as well. So, uh, we'll where see is, in, in Rangers fans. Where does the NHL All-Star game rank among your favorite All-Star games? Better than the NBA. Um, I think it's, I think the skills competition is the best skills competition that you have. Uh, I think it's better than the home run derby, even to be honest with you. And um, that All-Star game could be the best All-Star game. I think it's easily won, maybe tied with baseball. Even sure. over MLB. I think, that, yeah. I think MLB is hands down the best All-Star uh, Hockey's always just been cool to see the you know, different guys playing with And uh, now they do the three-on-three tournament? Yeah. I, uh, I definitely think um, they've always kept it fresh and going in the right direction. I will say that the Home Run Derby is still better than the skills competition in hockey, but the Hockey All-Star game is better than the Baseball All-Star game. I think right. the Hockey All-Star game is – and the way that they bring out crazy. Obviously, you guys are bigger hockey fans than me. I think you guys are crazy. <clears throat> I, I think the NHL All Star game sucks. I think the NBA All Star game sucks. I think every All Star game, game sucks. sucks. Except for MLB. I, I like the MLB All Star game. I look forward to that all the time. But, uh, I mean, I feel like the NHL, they're not trying as hard as like, the NBA players do either. It's but you know what? They nothing. really show off their they skill. You see so much skill in that game. It's only, you know, three on three, it's, it's overtime. It's, it's, a, it's whatever. Uh, it's a good the hardest shot, the accuracy. Uh, there's just so many different things. They just show off the that, uh, skills that maybe you can't see in a game from the regular camera at center ice where it's not focused in on right. them. And Little as, things. As big hockey fans, not as big as NBA fans as I am. You guys like their skills competition better than the NBA. So I, feel like I, think the NBA the NBA I think the NBA is When uh, the NBA gets the dunk contest right, there's nothing better than But that. they don't get it right. Yeah, I don't they haven't gotten it right in 20 years. years ago, it was fantastic between Aaron Jordan and Zach Levine. It was a hell of a who, I don't even know what team those guys were on. How about in the 80s and 90s, it was great. Well, that's true. You had Clyde. You had, and the, you had, you had the top guys doing it, like Michael Jordan, Vince Carter, um, Jason Richardson, Kobe Bryant. You had great even, guys doing even it. Even before then, uh, Muggsy Bogues, you know, getting up and, and throwing down. Like, that I will was, say, uh, just speaking of the All-Star games in general, 
One thing I'm not a fan of is somebody participating in an event and they're not an all-star. Yeah. I want them to be an all-star. If you're going to be in the slam dunk competition, I agree, and I don't like it at all. I, I think it has to much. be an all-star. <laughs> they'd rather make their, like, for basically, they'd rather the home run derby be better. They'd rather see Adam Dunn in there. Exactly. Right. Average. I don't need that. He could hit a home right. run better than Derek Jeter can. I want only the all-stars. I agree, I agree with that, too. you got to be all-stars. I know that uh, the, only, the only thing I'll say, the only one that I'm not – I'll budge on it a little bit is the fastest skater competition in NHL. But you got to be an all-star. It just, But then I don't want to hear that this guy's the fastest skater when you know Grabner would beat him in a race every day. Right. Just because he was the fastest all-star skater. Um, You'll probably find the same all-star skater winning every single year. Oh, uh, yeah. Grabner did win it one year. He won it when he was – he went. Yeah, um, who won it last year? Was Larkin uh... – uh, maybe two, I, I don't, don't know. even know either. I, I, you don't remember that stuff really well. You know Chara, you know Chara, you know the hardest shot guys. You know same guys there. It's always the same defense with the bomb. Ally Afraidy back in the nineties. Yep, Al McGinnis. Where, where those guys were, uh, you know, the big defensemen that just have bombs from the point. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, Connor all last year. Who is that? Connor McDavid. Oh, so there you go, because he actually might be the fastest skater in the NHL, and he'll be there for years to come. Right. <laughs> yeah. Even though his team's having a rough year, he's still. Everything advertised, um, you know, you're not going to have a conversation about Conor McDavid that we had earlier about Bryce Harper. There's not going to be a point where we're saying that, hey, he hasn't done it. Because Conor's already done it, and he's very early into his career. But that's what All-Star Weekend is. It's us BSing about the All-Star game for five minutes, and then I don't have a show, let's be honest. Um, It's supposed to be a really cool event, though. Obviously, it's the best players, you know. And um, One more thing about these All-Star games. Like, I kind of make fun of it a little bit. Like, oh, this guy's a a 10-time All-Star. So you were a good player for the first half of the season, you know? Like, you get what I'm saying on that? Oh, absolutely. So should they take um, the second half of last season and the first half of the season and that combines together every year? Maybe. I mean, I, I would like that a little better, but, I mean, that kind of sucks too. If someone just has a strong second half and then they suck the first half and then get in. Well, like a J.D. Martinez. they're playing while they really suck. J.D. Martinez, say he didn't make the All-Star team last year because he had a decent first half, but that second half he doesn't get rewarded for as an All-Star you know, because no. people will say how many times you're all-star when right. they talk about Hall of Fame. Is players. it also the very best players that the league has to offer when you have to have somebody from each team? In oh, leagues? absolutely not. Right. So, But I, I'm okay with them doing that because you do want every fan base to have somebody to root right. for. I mean, if you're, you know, the Arizona Coyotes, give me a reason to watch. I agree. You know, you're, uh, even in, you know, baseball or whatever. You, you know, I remember as a kid, because the all-star game is a lot for kids. Don't yeah. do When I was a kid, man, I so excited to see whatever Brave was there. You know, you're kind of proud as a kid. That's right. my guy. You show him off to the world if they might not know him, you know, depending on the team or, or yeah. player. So. I told you this. I think it was even the first episode we ever did. I used to almost root for the National League over the Yankees in the American League just because I was obsessed with their outfields that they were offering mm-hmm. over there. McGuire, yeah. um, um, Soso, Griffey, and uh, Bonds, I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just insane. I was like, wow, that's a stacked outfield. Imagine these guys were on a real team together, you know, like. That was something I always agree Real quick, Buck Schwalter did say Machado's going to be the starting shortstop this year. There you go. He always wanted so to play short. Right. They, they told Tim Beckham, too, he was going to be the shortstop. They so. he's going to play third now. Two, Tim Beckham? Yes. Well, he's not a good defensive shortstop Will Machado still have either, third base so. eligibility? Yes. Yes. They will not strip that from him. And the bigger question is, will he be an Oriole at shortstop in July? No. No. Will, will he be a shortstop on his new team? Probably <laughs> not. Well, he wants to play short. He's pretty big on that. And maybe that's been something holding back these trade deals. We don't know. But it doesn't seem like that were, they were really going anywhere anyway. Well, if you're the Orioles, you don't turn down a trade because he doesn't want to play uh, third base somewhere. You take whatever you can get, the best package you can get for this guy. Uh, he doesn't have a no-trade clause, does he? No. no. So then he has no say in it. He gets paid next year, and he's going to get paid big time. And hopefully 
donning some of these uh, beautiful pinstripes. I wouldn't mind that. No, I think that you're. Uh, I think you're gonna get what you want. I think. I think. I think. I think he's destined to become a Yankee. Yeah, as much as I don't like. Right. As much as I don't love it. Um, but listen, eight days from now, I mean, we're gonna talk Super Bowl all week. Um, but Saturday yes, we'll have some props. I want us all to prepare some props for the audience. Oh, I saw. We'll our favorites. I saw some funny props and some crazy ones uh, this week in Vegas. Um, I mean, these alternate lines that they have are crazy. Let me ask you this, too, while you're in Vegas. Do they have them up on the screens, all the props? Yep. Like, uh, or do they it have, depends. like, a little sheet for them because there's so many? There is a book in the Cosmopolitan. A book. Five, six pages of props. Oh, just Super Bowl props. Um, and there was, a, uh, there was a prop card in Venetian. And Cosmo had all the props on the board, too. Especially yesterday because there was no NHL games. I there was love, a very thin slate of NCAA. props. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> In Venetian, they only had the alternate lines on the board. So the board only had the line and the alternate lines. I mean, they, yeah. they were crazy. I mean, it was like, you know, over under 62, you know. And, and you said you was, did see it now down at five, uh, four and a half, right? It was down to four and a half. That's what I got. I've seen that a lot of places, too. I got four it at four and a half. half. When I got there, it was five and a half. That's interesting. That's, so that's not, a big drop. That's You're a the money's on the packs, right? They said everybody's riding everybody's the Eagles. Everybody's right riding now. the Eagles, and everybody's riding the fact that the Pats historically win three point games in the Super Bowl. I'll tell you what you should do. The smart better should really just do a Patriots money line. You got to suck it up. You got to pony it up. Or just wait for second half Patriots because they're going to cover that line already. I don't even need to see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm they serious. do. And I thought about that too with the second half. Like they always, you know, second half is when it happens. Um, but you can't bet that right now in Vegas. So. You cannot. You got so to, I didn't have you that chance. Your time for that. I would take a blind. I swear to God, I would take a blind second half and wager no matter what it is. They could be up. They could be up seventeen at first half. I'll still take second half time. They're second half team. Uh, well, they um, <clears throat> never played more than a three-point game in a Super Bowl. This is true, though. Except right. last year was six, but it was overtime. Overtime, yeah. Right. That's the only. But in overtime, it's the closest game they've the played. The Patriots backdoor covered last year. And what year are you making this whole white jersey thing? 12 out of the last 13 uh, teams wearing white jerseys have won the Super Bowl? Uh, it's interesting. You guys don't know the answer to this. I looked it up, obviously. Um, who is the only other team during that 13-year span that won not wearing a white jersey? Is it Denver? Nope. Let me think. Are the Patriots? No. <laughs> they, they go back before the 13th year. Was it Seattle against Denver? No. One more guess, or you want me to rip it out? Well, okay. 13 years, you're going back to what, 2005? I think the last five? one was actually Patriots Carolina in the terms of the white Four. jerseys. Uh, were the Steelers wearing black against Arizona? They were not. They okay. were wearing white. All right, the answer. Unless, Mike, you want to take one more step. No, no, no. Well, at, that point, we're, at that point, we're going to name every Super Bowl champion last 13 years. The Green Bay Packers. No, it wasn't the Giants. They were white in both those games. I have all the pictures on my wall. It was the pack. I was curious. I looked it up. My first guess was actually Baltimore. Then I moved on to Green Bay, and I was right there. Baltimore would have been a good one, too. Yeah. Well, who knew what anyone was wearing because they had a blackout in that football. <laughs> so we'll have to prepare. Some, we'll have to prepare some uh, some of those prop bets. We can talk to them on next Saturday morning Super Bowl uh, preview show as well. Don't forget, we will be live on Monday night as well. Two nights from now, as we gear up for the Super Bowl, we get back into the second half of the hockey season. Uh, maybe any more uh, baseball news or NBA, NBA news as well. We can recap the Royal Rumble as well. Um, and anything else that you guys want to talk about. So hit us up on uh, Facebook, Twitter. We'll get to your questions. Fantasy baseball talk coming soon as well. Um, we can also announce our next guest. Uh, well, maybe not next guest, but one of our upcoming guests will be Rick Peterson, former Mets pitching coach. February 10th, he's going to do a half hour with us. 
And uh, he actually asked us for a list of names of pitchers that he will uh, study and then break down for us. So uh, pretty cool. So if anybody wants any pitchers, send yeah. them our way. Send them our way. His analysis, who's the former Mets pitching coach. A lot of people probably know him in this area. Should be a pretty fun interview. And he's always been a very uh, eccentric guy. He's yes. always been, you know, he's not going to be dry. He's going to no, be no. good. He's going to be a good guest. He's always been a fun interview. So we get that time. Uh, good job setting that up. Um well, and we'll promote that as it comes. But yeah, if you guys have anybody you want him to talk about, I'm sure he'll uh, he'll be able to discuss them and break down their pitching as well. So ten minutes left, guys. Um, Royal Rumble predictions we're gonna hit. Um, and sit. Uh, I'll predict it's gonna suck. I, I think <laughs> that uh, it'll be another letdown. And um, come Monday night show, we'll be talking about how horrible it was. I agree. I think it's a big letdown. Roman Reigns just punched in. Uh, he's in the Royal Rumble. Yeah, and, exactly. Um, he's my pick to win because I feel like everything you read has Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar again in the uh, main event of WrestleMania, something nobody wants to see. You have a, uh, anybody have a uh, surprise entrance? you have a surprise entrance? Uh, I'm going to stick with Rousey. I really think she's going to come. And for the men's, though, uh, I would love to see Val Venus come back. I've been saying I wanted him on Raw 25. I love that guy. I just want to hear Hello, ladies. One more time. So I would like to see Val Venus come back to surprise. But I'm going with Reigns to win and Rousey to win the women's. I'm still convinced she's coming. Let me think. Ashley Massaro didn't say no. Um, <laughs> it's a long trip from Poughkeepsie. <laughs> oh, to, to Pennsylvania? It's not that bad. Poughkeepsie's up north. Not that bad. It's not that far. No. Um, and, I mean, listen. Oh, couple she was of... trapped in a cabinet for uh, 40 days. <laughs> that's that's, that's yeah, the worst that story. Was, that's poor girl. That was insane. Good for her that she snuck out, at least. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's terrible. Well, how about bad on them for telling her, hey, somebody that you may be very, very close with passed away. Who? Yeah, and then close like, the door The poor girl's pride did it just for fame and recognition. Right. You know? And she, she, like she said, she just didn't want to be eliminated first. She wanted to be out on TV. She just thought she was going to pack her bed and go home. She gets stuck in a cabinet. That was terrible. You, know, you get eliminated and you get to go home. And then it's even worse. Now, every time I see these people get eliminated and they act like they're going home, now you, you know they're not. I fun in your cabinet, Stratus will be there. Um, I don't know. It's a surprise. I think that everybody feels like she might be there. And I think she has a new shirt she was promoting too. I could see it. And everybody thinks Daniel Bryan. I don't see it happening. I don't think they're going to let him wrestle. Please see, no. I mean, I hope he does. It would be great. I, you you hate everybody. Here. I can't. I think the only wrestler you've ever liked is the Miz and, and Ashley Massaro. <laughs> I mean, those are the last two, two wrestlers you've ever Austin, liked. Ross. I mean, yeah, the current roster is really not much I like. Yeah, I do. Yeah. So you, you sure. basically need the attitude PG-13 yeah. guys. You, you, you don't like, 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 like anything corner. I like AJ Styles. I like Rude. I like Strowman. I, lo- I love Lesnar. Um, I've even grown to like Cena these days. I used to hate John Cena more than anything. But, I mean, it's just – you're right. Everything's corny, cut and dry. It's just terrible. It's so – everything's so scripted and, and, and it's just terrible. You, don't, you feel like nobody – Ever does anything on their own out there. Like every now and then. Well, that's what was so good about The Rock and, like, and so good about Stone Cold. They, they, did they their said their own stuff. They they went out to know what they had to get, the point they had to get over, and they were just getting creative. Everything's force fed and so TV scripted, like it has to happen this way. And it's like, at least Strowman does some cool things, but even that is very, very scripted, you know? Like, but I don't know. They have talent on the rosters. It's just the storylines that suck, you know? The wrestlers are actually good in the ring. Don't get me wrong. These guys are probably better than they were in the Attitude Era in terms of actual physical matches. But uh, their characters all suck, and they can't do anything. They can't even say ass. But but Triple H can. 
Oh, Triple H came out and he said ass on TV. And Paul, the can first, do, Paul can do whatever he wants. And the first <laughs> thing I'm thinking of is, well, if he could say it, why can't the guys in the ring with him on his side of DX say, you know, yo ass better call somebody? I don't know. They're not over the top anymore. No, they are not. Wrestling it's, used to be the epitome of not even a bad top. word. Yeah, it was. It was a lot better back in the day. It's a shame. I don't even know why I still watch it. Because, like I said, I'm going to sit here Monday with Big Mike and we're going to be ripping the show because it was terrible. That's what's going to happen. I'm going to defend it. That's what always ends up happening. <laughs> and then you guys are going to talk me into it, and by the end of it, I'm like, yeah, you know, maybe it was bad. Maybe it, it's just been a long time since they've done something right. Usually when they do something right, they get my interest back, and then they just they don't follow through. You know what sucks? Maybe having the Universal Champion on their show more than he does. He won the title of WrestleMania, and he comes on and defended what? But every times. single person knows how that match is going to end. Lesnar's going to win. We and who is he going to pin? Probably Kane. Yeah, he's not <laughs> pinning Braun Strowman at Royal Rumble. No. How are they going to sell WrestleMania if he does? No, exactly. No, you're going to pin know Kane. I don't Jacobs is in this match. No, because they need somebody for him to beat because they have to set up Mania. Is he working from there? He is. He's yeah. County. Yeah. And I, listen, I love Kane. Kane's an all-time great. He's one of my top five wrestlers of all time. 